Hayyim Yoyim Yud Ear, the tenth day, month of Ear. Twenty fifth day of the Aimer. Halfway there. Halfway there. Over halfway. Right? Forty nine. Twenty four and a half. Right? So we're, we're more than past the fifty day mark. Today is the only day, which is the tenth day of the month during this period. May we live up to all the our truest potential. Says the Rebbe. Nahaginon. Lahatpo prusas hamaitzi shalish pam bemelach v'lo lizrek hamelach ala prusa. It is our custom. I think most times the expression is Neuhagen. I, I don't know why. It's, a, it's a just a, it's probably a funny diok, but I don't know. Neuhaginon. We, uh, we conduct ourselves in this way that we dip the piece of bread for Hamaitzi into the salt three times, not to pour, not to sprinkle the salt on the bread. You bring the bread to the salt, you don't bring the salt onto the bread. I see on Pesach a lot of times people are sprinkling salt onto the Hamaitzi. Probably because it doesn't stick. If you would just dip it in, it doesn't do anything. Maybe it's a different custom on Pesach than uh, than the rest of the year. I'm not. I don't know. And also, when you sprinkle it, I guess you sprinkle it three times on uh, on Pesach. But maybe you are supposed to dip the matzah in and then just take it from the edge of the matzah and then the scoop up salt and you dip it three times. But then you have another problem: is you have to be careful with the salt because gebruxed. Because those who keep, they don't mix uh, matzah with water, with liquids throughout the meal. But either way, you have to be careful because you're, you're eating matzah and sticking your fingers in there, back and forth and back and forth. So there's definitely matzah involved <clears throat> in the salt. So I don't, I, I don't know how that works. The reason for the custom for that, that I guess, we'll discuss another time. Fine. Says the Rebbe. Yoim Bey, for the core of the Hayyim Yim. Yoim Beis the Chag Hashavuos Tafish Chafalif Besudas Besuda on the second day of Shavuos in the year eighteen sixty one by the meal. Siperat Tzamach Tzedek the Rebbe the third Chabad Rebbe that Tzamach Tzedek related. This is towards the end. Tzamach Tzedek was going to pass away in the in the eighteen sixties very soon. His wife, I believe, passed away that year. Chafalif. <clears throat> And so the the Tzamaqtadik had already been Rebbe from the 1820s, from the late 1820s. So he said that he told over by the meal, he said the following, Rabbi Menachem El the Tzamaqtadik, he said that Yoim Beis the Chagashu is Azmur. He related a memory. He says that on the second day of Shavuos in 1795, so they were going back from 1861. He's talking about when he was uh, when he was a little younger. He says in eighteen in seventeen ninety five on the second day of Shavuos he was at the meal, the meal of Shavuos. I'm sure there was milchiks, some cheesecake. I don't know how the cheesecake was in those days, but I'm sure it was beside lasagna, baked ziti. You know how it is. Anyways, he was by the Amr Azmur and my grandfather, the Alter Rebbe, the founder of Chabad, said a vart. He said an idea by the meal. He said an idea by the meal. This, by the way, just for context, this is um, a year before a year before he printed the Tanya. A year before he printed the Tanya. 
So he says the Alter Rebbe said by the meal. Uh, so he's now relating what he remembers. But Yom Beis the Chag Shavuos that on the second day of Shavuos, Tafkuf Chav Ches in 1768, in the spring of 1768, he was at the meal. He says that I was at the meal of my Rebbe, the successor of the Balshemtiv, Rabbi Dovber, the preacher of Mezrich, the Magad of Mezrich, <clears throat> who the Alter Rebbe was by him for eight years, from uh, basically from 1765 until his passing in 1772. So in the middle of that, in 1768, he says, I was at the meal, and he said the following Vart. Now we get to the Vart. We have to understand why the history is so necessary and the names are so necessary. Maybe we'll be able to find a connection to the Vart. He said, It says in the Torah, you should count for yourselves. Right? So this is a mitzvah for every individual to count. By counting the years of the Shemitah and the Yoival, that's a mitzvah on the Sanhedrin, on the court. Here we have a mitzvah, an individualized mitzvah. But he said the following, The word sapir, a sapphire, but also has the connotation in Tanakh of a, of a glow, of a shine. Maybe that's why a sapphire is called a sapphire. Maybe it has a, a sparkliness to it. Right, by the way, by, just for context, that's why spheroids are called spheroids, the ten, the ten spheroids. One of the one of the reasons is it's emanations from God. It's it's energy. The luchos. What about the luchos? The luchos were made of sapphire. Nice. The first one. Uh, not not the first one. Or the second one. Okay, if you say so. So he says, So he says it comes from usfartem. means you should shine. Usfartem lochem. So then, what's the word lochem to you? Lochem, the you. Oh, usfartem lochem. Tzichem lasi shiya halochem boyer. You have to make that the lochem, the to you, when it when when it when it how it relates to you, when it connects to you, that it should be shiny. It should be glowy. It should uh, it shouldn't be obscured. In other words. You have to make yourself glow. You have to make yourself shiny. You have to make yourself transparent, clear, purified. This is the vart. This is what he heard from the from the Magad the Mizrich. So the Alter Rebbe is repeating this uh, a number of years later, right? In the 1790s, 1795. So that's uh, uh, almost 30 years later. Yeah, almost 30 years later. He says, My grandfather leaned on his holy arms. Sang the most precious song of Chabad, the song that he composed, the song of the four stances, the ones we sing at weddings, and so on. He sang it with tremendous dveikus, with tremendous internal connection. He lifted up his holy head and he said, By the way, these are scenes that we didn't. By the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe showed a lot of emotions, right? Just the Alter Rebbe's putting his head down and singing, and then he's lifting up his head. 
So Alter Rebbe lifted up his head and Be'yomer, and he said, "Benigun Shol Shaila," with a tone of a of a question. And how does one shine? And your lachem. And then he answered within seconds. He answered with the tone of an answer. With seven complete weeks, which means which means the clarification, the purification, the elevation of one's emotions. And there are seven emotions altogether. And the transformation of our emotions. What does it mean, seven weeks? Why do you need seven weeks? Because <clears throat> every week is composed of all the other midas as they are contained within that character trait. Everything has its different permutations and expressions. The Shabbos ain't a And what's the tachlis? What's the ultimate? Sheva Shabbosos Tzimimois. It should be seven Shabboses. A way to read it also is Shabbos. Seven, seven Shabbos like Shabbat. So he says the Midas themselves, the, the emotions themselves should be seven Shabboses. What, the, what, what does Shabbos represent? Shabbos does not need clarification. It does not need bitter. It doesn't, does not need elevation. That's why one of the malachas, the forbidden, um, there's no refinement necessary. This is why one of the forbidden labors on Shabbos is bayrer. Bayrer means to, uh, to choose out, to pick out, to refine. Right? So, for example, uh, to pick a, you, you don't like tomatoes in your salad. So, on your plate, you move the tomato. That's a biblical prohibition right there. The times of the temple, you could get stoned to death. What do you mean you're moving the tomato? It's a big problem. So it's better not to move the tomato. Don't move the tomato. Just eat what you want to eat. You don't move away. You don't clarify. You don't do bayr. Why? Why is there such a malach on Shabbos? Because spiritually, that's what Shabbos is. Shabbos doesn't need bayr. Shabbos is perfect. So we we elevate our seven emotions to the point that each of them becomes a Shabbos. Each of them doesn't need refinement any longer. They're perfect as they are. This is the vart. Allow me 60 seconds to just say a thought. What does this mean? So, we're learning now in Rambam, in the three chapters a day. Those who are not on board should get on board quick. In the one chapter a day cycle, they're going to be, going to be beginning the actual Rambam, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday. So, this is the time, crunch time. Until um, now they were doing the introductions and whatever. But... We're learning in the three chapters a day, Hilchus Day, is the laws of emotions, of character. And there's a mitzvah in the Torah to change your character. It's a biblical commandment. Just like you have a mitzvah to put on tefillin, to put on mezuzah, to learn Torah, everything else. Some Jews, they, they, it never occurs to them to change their character. The way they were when they were children, exactly the way they are when they're adults. Until the day they die, they're the same exact human being. It's a terrible thing. And the Ramam says, explains how it's a biblical obligation. And how it's um, the mitzvah is to go in the ways of Hashem, and all of the positive attributes with which we describe God were obligated to go in the way of God. And he says this is what's called the derech, derech Hashem. So when you say someone's off the derech, OTD, what you mean to say is that he's not a refined human being and he never worked on his character. So he's not on the derech Hashem. He's not on the path of God. He's on some other path that we don't know of, and. The, uh, the, the Ramam says that's, all, that's what it means when it says Avram commanded his household 
that he commanded them to go in the way of God. His household, what was unique about the Jewish people was that they worked on their character. They worked on their character. What does it mean to work on our character? It explains that everything should be in a perfect, harmonious, down-the-middle path. Not too much like this and not too much like that. Now, and he says a lot of times the negativity that we have could come from nature and a lot of times it could come from nurture and we have to bring ourselves back to the middle path. How do you bring yourself back to the middle path? By going to the opposite extreme. So, for example, if you're arrogant, then humble yourself and make yourself purposefully uh, in positions where you'll, you demean yourself until you break, you completely break your need to be arrogant and then you come back to the middle path and be normal. This is what the Ramam explains. And this is what we're doing in these days. However, what is the ultimate... You have to ask yourself a question. How is it possible for a human being to have these perfect temperament? To have these perfect emotions? What happens... What about... you? What about... What do you mean? We all have our issues, so to speak. How do you, how do you change yourself like that? The answer is that you're following Hashem. And what this means is that you're really following your deepest self where you're reaching a level of refinement, a level of where it becomes the one and the same, self-actualization and sacrifice. These aren't two competing agendas. Rather, by letting go of your ego your, and your narcissism, you allow yourself to go in the way of Hashem. You open yourself up to your truest identity, which doesn't have the hang-ups that ego uh, the shackle, the chains, we walk around with, we're dragging chains with us wherever we go. Our ego is a chain. It's not, it doesn't, it's not a liberation. It's not a liberation, it's a chain. It's a chain around our necks. Therefore, that's maybe what the Rebbe means when he says, the Alter Rebbe, that we have to refine the Midas. On the one hand, we sit around, we work, and we struggle. But then it has to become Shabbos. It has to reach a point where it doesn't need refinement. Why? Because we're perfect? You don't need any more refinement? No. Because the whole premise has been transformed. That it no longer is the premise of each attribute that me perfecting myself. Rather, it's that I am an ambassador of Hashem in this world. It's that I am a vehicle, a conduit for Hashem's love, for Hashem's compassion, and so on. You see yourself, you're following in the ways of Hashem, and by doing that, Hashem is perfect. So you allow Hashem's perfection to flow through you. And that is what we are trying to accomplish. Avram Avinu did establish the way of God, the path of God, Derech Hashem. And now, after doing that, we can now receive the Torah. The introduction to the Torah was Avram, was the forefathers, the path of God. And now, Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah, like they say. And now, we're ready to receive Matan Torah.